All right, as you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important, and our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray exam. That's right, you simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Make sure to check them out today online, or you can call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind and Brendan Vote here at Pepsi Center following this Nuggets win over the Clippers 114-104. We are presented, as always, by Illegal Pete's. Make sure to check out Illegal Pete's. Great so food. Dope. Great people. I love when you say that. Presented by Illegal Pete's. Yeah. It just sounds right. Yeah. It just makes you smile, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot to get into tonight on a Monday edition of the show. I mean, I don't really want to touch on the Cavs game. I don't think you do. Yeah, no, I'm with that. <laughs> we can just move past it. But um, tonight against the Clippers in, I think, somewhat predictable fashion after a complete flop against the Cavs here at home over the weekend, uh, the Nuggets play up to their competition and take down another playoff caliber team, another team that they could be seeing in the playoffs, uh, 114-104, like I said. A lot to get into from this game. A lot of things to take away. What, what kind of just jumps to your mind first, though? My first thought is Jeremy Grant yeah. and his defensive performance on Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. We have not seen a ton of off-ball defensive impact from Grant. Like He's not changing the way this team plays defense. But we've all talked about and wondered about what his length can do against a guy of this caliber. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, it's a formidable weapon. And, that, and, and Grant was just awesome tonight, I thought. He was awesome. Um so impactful defensively, and we saw the slot in that Dallas game uh, a couple games ago, uh, the night of our right. DNVR watch party, right. where Grant deed up Doncic a lot in that game, and the Nuggets started Barton on Kawhi Leonard tonight and quickly switched to Grant, and I, I think we knew that was coming, but yeah, his length, um, his quickness at his size, he's definitely Denver's best matchup uh, for Kawhi Leonard. Torrey Craig gave Nuggets great minutes, but... Yep. Uh, Jeremy Grant just a, a much better matchup with his length and his quickness. I think he's a little quicker than Tori is. Um, so we've seen this uh, bits and pieces of, of Grant's defensive versatility throughout the season. Tonight might have been the biggest example of just like over a full 48-minute game, uh, just all of those components. And they were attacking him too, right? 25 yeah. shots for Kawhi. Obviously not all of those with Grant guarding him, but he was the option tonight. And they time and time again he took the ball and went right at Grant and I think Grant came up with big stops after big stop so that's really encouraging like it's not just a okay cool it helped them get this win Mm -hmm. that's an encouraging development long term because we've wondered who would guard a small forward like that when it matters yeah he spent a lot of time on Kawhi and Kawhi was like the entire Clippers team tonight I thought Montrezl Harrell took a lot of shots in the fourth Uh, Lou Williams got his attempts up but I mean, this Clippers team was pretty much a one-man show tonight, I thought. Uh, and that one guy was Kawhi Leonard. So, got to give Grant a, a lot of credit there. But I thought Denver did a pretty good job on Kawhi, all things considered. He's so fun to watch, though, man. I said this to you before we started recording, but it's it's so funny watching a guy who's like not even trying to get open. He just wants yeah. to get to his spot and rise up. Yeah, right? He's he ruthless. Gets the ball in the wing. Picks out a spot on the floor. Right. Like, looks like he stares at it. Locks it in with his eyes. (laughs) 
he's like he's like a a missile locking onto sure. its target gets to that spot rises up and just tries to convert yeah he's uh, he's incredible so strong but yeah you got to give grant a ton of credit i mean grant is in the starting lineup now this is what the uh second out of these last three that he started since mm-hmm. Millsap has been out here and i think in a way this is a little bit of a dress rehearsal for Jeremy Grant potentially next season. No doubt. Because, you know, he could come back as a Nuggets starting power forward next year. Millsap got off to a great start earlier this year, but I think he's, you know, the injuries, are, he's just a little banged up here and has been over the last month. But this stretch right here, I think, can be looked at a little bit as Jeremy Grant's dress rehearsal for potentially next year. And I think Jeremy Grant's trending up, just kind of generally speaking, over the last I don't know, a couple weeks or so. Yeah, trending up, I think the defense has been what's most encouraging. Obviously not a lot of points, but you wouldn't expect that when he's playing with the starters. That's not his mm-hmm. role. I'm still worried about the rebounding. He got pushed around a little bit tonight. Um, you know, if you're starting alongside Yoke, like, you do need to, to be a better rebounder, I think. But, no, like, this is – when we talked about preseason when they made this acquisition, like, some of the things that Grant brings that they just don't have, that length, that size is obviously – chief among those those things the other thing i love about him is that there are games tonight was one of them where he gets to the line a lot He's yeah like really willing to just put his head down and drive and yeah. he eats some hard licks on his way to the rim uh seven to twelve from the line tonight 12 is a it's a big number for the nuggets yeah and denver got to the line 37 times tonight yep. that, that was big Huge. it was a physical game like especially late uh pat beverly fouled oh not yeah pat beverly fouled out and there was that uh, screen from Montrezl Harrell on Oof. Jeremy Grant. Oof. Jeremy Grant went down hard a couple times tonight. And then uh, Doc Rivers hit the showers after that one. Grant had a lot of impressive defensive plays. He had some standout offensive plays, I thought. Like, I remember that coast-to-coast drive he had. Yep. That was pretty. They needed that bucket. Too. Yeah, that was a big bucket. I, I just see him getting more comfortable. Obviously, it's easier to play next to Jokic than it is to play next to Mason Plumley. Everybody's going to look better playing next to Yoke, but I'm, I'm just sensing some a more comfortable Jeremy Grant here as of late. You know, we all talked about the continuity and how they only have to kind of figure out Grant, maybe Michael Porter Jr., they being the Nuggets, but Grant himself has to figure out an entire new basketball team, and maybe yeah. we haven't given him enough credit and a long enough leash in that regard. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the bench um, because this also kind of has to do with Grant starting and Millsap being out here. But with Millsap out, it's changed the entire dynamic of the bench unit. And I think for the better, you know, to be honest. Obviously, the Nuggets need Millsap to be healthy. But moving Grant into the starting lineup and kind of playing a small ball approach off the second unit. Right. With Plumlee as the one big and uh, Michael Porter Jr. in there a lot, Torrey Craig in there a lot, at the, kind of the 3-4. <laughs> Do you feel like it's, it's kind of opened up the floor a little for that second unit? Yeah, you know, Grant doesn't necessarily space the floor. He's you know, gets hot as a shooter, but guys don't really guard him. Guys yeah. don't really get out there, you know? And I think, I do think that. I do think MPG at the four kind of changes things up um, for Mason, but particularly Monte, who has more space to do his thing. And I think you're right in, in noting that observation, and, and perhaps not a coincidence that since that's happened, we've seen Monte really kick it into gear. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, the, the success for the bench flows. So I'm with you. I don't, I've, I've looked at that, and I'm not sure it's a coincidence. So these last four games that Millsap has been out, right? Um, 14 points, four rebounds, two assists for Monte against the Hawks. Nine and four against Dallas. 11 points, 
four assists against the Cavs, and then 12-6 and six tonight. Right. I thought one of his better games of the season. It just seems like that lane is way more wide open when you've got MPJ space on the floor, you know, at the three or the four yep. spot. And um, the Morris Plumley pick and roll has found a lot of success here lately. Partly because this, what you just described, allows Morris to be more aggressive as a scorer. You know, mm-hmm. he's got a couple of spots he likes to get to from mid-range, too, where he's been super cramped. He hasn't had a lot of space to operate this season. So when he can kind of get going downhill with room to work, uh, it just changes things for him. And, and when defenses are worried about him scoring, he gets to do his point guard thing. So some encouraging developments from the bench tonight for sure. You look at MPJ, Torrey Craig, Monte Morris, that's a plus 10, plus 12, plus 16 respectively. Don't see a lot of that from the second unit. Yeah, the bench had a great night tonight. Let's hit Porter's night here before we uh, take our first break. 19 minutes, 13 points. I think, what was it, seven of those came in like a 7-0 scoring spree right. from, from Porter yeah. in the second or end of the first. Six of eight from the field uh, in total, one of one from three, four rebounds, uh, a steal. What do you just, just think of his night overall? You know, it's funny, the first three minutes looked an awfully lot like the first three minutes last night yeah. in which he was terrible yeah. and got benched and didn't get yeah. a chance to kind of play his way through it. Tonight he did, and as you noted, that stretch came shortly after. Um, three minutes of consecutive defensive mishaps, looking a little lost, but when this guy gets in a zone, man, the good, the bad, you just cannot take your eyes off of him. Most watchable guy on the team, including Jokic, when he's in a zone. So he had a... Uh... He had that coast-to-coast layup tonight where he was like a runaway train, almost tripping over himself, and then just wound up at the basket. And you know, he, he's so tall, he's so long that he's, I think he's going to be a great finisher long-term. Yeah, And just yeah. has, I think, good touch around the rim, too. And he had that one. And then uh, to get his two jumpers to fall kind of in that seven-point stretch that he had, the Nuggets called the same play for him a couple times in a row uh, where they got Lou Williams switched on to him, and then Porter's kind of went to work. It was funny. The Clippers brought an immediate double, but you know Porter was quick. He was decisive and uh, got a couple jumpers to go. But I, I like the Nuggets calling his number there. That was fun. Have you ever seen those YouTube videos of like baby like horses giving birth? Because they, they're fully like developed and they learn how. Oh, to is this walk. what you do on the weekends? Yeah, <laughs> like actually, and they learn I have how to not seen those. No, you should because they learn how to walk on the spot. Right, which is okay. absurd. I, and I know like, what you're talking about, though. Yeah, and that's kind of what MPJ looks like on the basketball floor. <laughs> that three, he tried to step back, tripped over himself yeah. like six separate ways, and then just rises up and drains the three anyway. Yeah, it's so wild watching a guy who like. His baseline is so low right now. He doesn't really know what's going on, and he just gets buckets in spite of that. Finds him in his sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his night tonight I thought was a nice bounce back because he even admitted post game that he was not terribly happy with his past couple performances. And yeah, he he had, did not have a couple great games, but I thought tonight was was a great bounce back. If he can, if he's playing. You know, around 20 minutes a game, that's got a signal that he's having a pretty good night, right? Like, you can probably look right. at his minutes right. and tell how his night has gone. Minutes 10 through 20 don't come if 1 yeah. through 10 don't go a certain way, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I, after the game, uh, Maraz asked him about his pregame comments, or his preseason comments, I should say, about Kawhi Leonard and um, how much he enjoys being on the court with someone of that caliber. He told the media tonight that when he plays against guys like that, he sees like himself in the future, right? Mm-hmm. A glimpse of who he wants to be one day. And it's just you've so much has sort of gone wrong for MPJ, and we've had to be so patient in terms of seeing him and digesting what he has to offer. 
sometimes you forget that like there's a really good chance we're talking to one of those kinds of guys, you know? Yeah, there's a chance. There's, there's a, chance. a chance. There's a definite chance. Something else he said post game about Kawhi. He said he liked how Kawhi is just kind of like that silent assassin. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he never smiles, never shows m- much emotion. And MPJ, you know, obviously not close to the player Kawhi is, but his kind of mentality on the court is a little similar, I think. Right, right. Doesn't show too much emotion. You no, know, in kind of some of his few hot stretches this year, you know, hasn't like gone crazy. You know, yeah, he doesn't like beat his chest or yeah. hop around. Or, He's yeah. very composed, very calm, cool, and collected. I like that. He does have a little like silent assassin to him. Expects himself to score, right? Yeah. So when he does, it's it's nothing to celebrate. Yeah. No, good night for MPJ though, and, and I think a really good night for the bench. I mean, everybody in that bench unit was in the positives, and um, the Nuggets did go to their bench. I think a little more tonight than they did in that Cavs game. And I think that was expected because uh, Malone mentioned pregame how he thought that getting back to Denver after being on the road a little bit, um, Nuggets weren't adjusted to the altitude that affected them. Hmm. Um, so he wanted to get the bench in earlier. That's what he did tonight. Yeah, and it worked out. All right, a lot more to get to uh, from tonight. Got to talk about one of our favorite beers real quick from Breck Brewery. Strawberry Sky, uh, just a nice light beer that, that's good for any occasion uh, that Breck Brew puts out. I don't have a bad thing to say about any of these beers, but I mean, Strawberry Sky, definitely one of our favorites. Always stocked in the office. We've always got Strawberry Skies uh, in the office. and uh, We did our uh, our perch tonight, Yeah, and more than one person told me that they... We did not tell a lie about the Strawberry Sky, right. as good as advertised. Everybody, when I tell them about the Strawberry Sky, they're like, oh, it's like a strawberry beer. I don't want to drink a strawberry beer. I'm like, no, my friend. Bro, it, there's nothing wrong with drinking a Strawberry Sky. This is the one. <laughs> yeah, so check it out from Breck Brewery. Uh, definitely one of our favorites. And also, got to tell you about our friends over at Mile High Green Cross. They offer an experience you won't forget. Mile High Green Cross, remember, they have award-winning products. Check out this year's Cannabis Cup-winning products on their website. And right now, they're giving the DNVR fam 5 bucks off your purchase of $25 or more, as long as you mention this app. Mile High Green Cross offers a variety of CBD products, from edibles to concentrates to cartridges. They pride themselves on their customer service, and it shows. Every time you pop in, you'll receive one-on-one attention with one of their seasoned sales associates. They also have low price on in-house products, $99 pre-packed ounces, V3 hash oil, five cartridges for 100 bucks. They also offer out-the-door pricing. And if you don't have cash, no problem. Mile High Green Cross now accepts Hyper. On average, from the time you walk in, from the time you walk out, is only nine minutes. And I know that's super important for me in my hectic and crazy life. Head downtown today. They're conveniently located on 9th and Broadway, and they have parking in the back. Remember, if you mention this ad, you will receive $5 off your purchase of $25 or more. Back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast, Harrison Wynn and Brendan Vogt, presented by Illegal Pete's. Let's talk about Jokic's three-point shooting. Oh, I would love to. Three-point shooting has been a hot topic of conversation here. And um, here's my whole take on it. Like, the Nuggets, I I think, as a team, are a pretty streaky three-point shooting team. A lot of these guys, Murray, Barton, Jokic even, have been streaky guys over the last couple of years. But the main reason they are struggling so much over really like the last month or two, or really like the last month and a half, three out of their four 
highest volume three-point guys, Murray, Barton, and Gary Harris, have just really struggled from three. I don't think it's about Denver's role players. You know, that helps. But the central reason why I think the Nuggets have really struggled from three as of late is because three of the guys who are taking a ton of threes, Murray, Harris, and Will Barton, have really struggled. Nicole Jokic, he's the hottest on the team from three right now, which is a complete reversal from uh, earlier this season when he was ice cold. It's opened up a lot for the offense, I think. Jokic is shooting 48% from three since December 1st. Wow. That's a huge number. You contrast that with like the historically poor start he was off to as a yep. jump shooter this season, and now he's thermonuclear. Mm-hmm. Outrageous. Yeah, it, Jokic is a rhythm guy, man, and a confident shooter. And he had to work. like He lost his confidence, I think, all over the court in November, and we watched him work his way inside out, found it from the rim, then got to mid-range. Now he's at the point where if he's open from three, um, he's fine with that result. I thought in November it looked like he was shooting a lot of threes. It was almost like, screw it, we need this, right? Yeah. Um, now he's in rhythm. And, yeah, I mean, when he's hitting a three, I mean, like he's virtually unguardable, right? Oh, he is unguardable. And a lot of teams, I think, recognize that and have just been giving him open threes yep. and saying, hey, uh, we're going to make you beat us from deep. That worked earlier in the season. That was definitely probably the right scouting report to have. And I feel like that happens a little bit in this league. Like the scouting report is kind of like a week or two behind what's actually going on with a certain player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And so like that's still on the scouting report, I think. I'm not sure if it's totally adjusted to him being this 45% shooter over the last month because it seemed like the Clippers gave him a lot of looks from three tonight. Jokic went 6 of 14 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3. So he only hit three twos tonight. Yeah, he wasn't uh, only 12 shots or 14 shots, right? So it wasn't like a super aggressive Jokic night. He missed a lot of bunnies. He missed a lot of bunnies. And he got a little shook after the first quarter. Yeah. Um, I want to correct myself. He was aggressive out the gate. Took three shots in a row, I think. Um, Missed them all and then looked disinterested in scoring for a few minutes. But when when he knocked down those threes, he found his rhythm again. Uh, and I also thought, not to distract, detract from the point, but a beast on the boards tonight. Mm-hmm. Just an absolute monster, an underrated part of his game. And that's an important thing to note because Nuggets have really struggled rebounding ball lately. Historically, Nuggets have been one of the better rebounding teams in the league over the last couple of seasons. Sure. But they've been one of the worst defensive rebounding teams like since December 1st. So uh, they out-rebound the Clippers 44-42 to tonight. Kept... L.A. for the most part off the offensive glass. Only 10 offensive rebounds for the Clippers, so uh, a lot of good work there. Let's just keep going down the box score. Gary Harris had a huge first mm, half. Yep. Uh, he scored all his 15 points in the first half, right? Yeah, I've got kind of a downer take on this one. Um, it, You know, I do like it was nice to see the shots fall, but it did kind of feel like that was just the difference. Like he was hot, but it didn't seem like – like a certain switch flipped. Like I still yeah. think Gary's kind of almost um, like a little panicky out there on offense right now, like lacking some conviction in his decisions. And I still felt that way tonight. He just got hot. But nonetheless, that's awesome to see. Um, I've been destroying him in the player grades for his offensive output or lack thereof. So I got to I gotta tip my hat to how good he was in that first half. Yeah, I thought he had some good defensive moments too. And then didn't play at all, I don't think, in the fourth quarter. Mm. Definitely didn't play down the stretch. Yep. And then uh, Michael Mullen saying after the game that he wasn't even sure if Gary or Jamal Murray were going to play tonight. 
Uh, Gary's dealing with a little bit of a groin injury. Murray's lower back is bothering him. So a couple of things to uh, monitor there. Is there any merit to sitting one of those two guys against Charlotte, giving them three games off? <sighs> yeah, man. Maybe you think about days, it. Rather. Maybe yeah. you think about it. I mean, Murray looked really beat up from the opening tip tonight. He he looked like he was dragging a little bit, gutted it out to his credit. Yeah, maybe you think about it. Who they got Charlotte at home and then the Warriors on that back to back. Yeah, maybe you think about it. I don't know. Gary, Gary's three point shooting. Uh, it's been something we talked about a lot. He was two of five from three today. My theory on his three-point shooting is like Gary is such a rhythm shooter and we've talked about this he's like the litmus test for the Nuggets offense Mm. if he is in rhythm if he's looking like the Gary Harris of a couple years ago we probably know the ball is popping we probably know there's a ton of ball and player movement going on but his three-pointers they just don't seem to come within the same rhythm within the same flow of the offense that they did at times last year and especially the year before and I feel like as the ball has been popping less and the Nuggets offense has kind of been more ISO heavy, which it definitely has been this year. Sure. He just is not getting like those same rhythm looks from three, if that makes sense at all. Sure. Like Jokic on the short roll finds him in the corner. We saw so much of that two years ago. I would agree for the most part. And I think like in the macro scale, that might speak to why he's out of rhythm. There are still a few possessions um, a game or every other game, it seems like, where the ball does pop, he finds himself wide open and he's not knocking them down. Um, a little hitch, a little push in his shot almost. But you're right, that's probably just because he's it, like he's almost an afterthought in what they're doing offensively right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it is harder to shoot than people realize when it, you're getting the ball like like by default, right? They're not really looking to find you. So. Yeah, he's usually been the fifth option this year. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, that's... A quick change from what he's been in years past. But I still think there's just like his wide open shooting just isn't isn't great right now. And I don't think he's this poor of a three point shooter, but um, certainly streaky, certainly a streaky one. Yeah, he's got to be better for sure. And um, my my final point about the three point shooting, and I wrote about this today, but like, should the Nuggets trade for a three point shooter? And it's a tough question because. Look, are you going to trade Malik Beasley for another shooter who's a 40% three-point shooter right, right now? Right, That's the strange thing about and, it. And that brings me back to my point earlier that the reason the Nuggets – or the main reason I feel like they're not a good three-point shooting team is because their main guys just have not shot the ball well from three this year. Murray, Harris, Barton. Right, it's not necessarily like, hey, they need Bertans on the bench. That yeah. would change everything. Like, they Bart- need their, their backcourt to, to yeah. shoot better. Barton was great earlier this year but has been in a slump recently. Yeah. And – you're, I don't get the impression the Nuggets are going to move any of those guys, obviously. Right. right. And so, yeah, you can tinker with your bench and, you know, maybe you can upgrade with a bench shooter. But I don't think that's drastically going to change, like, Denver's three-point outlook that much, you know? I would agree with that. I do think the goal for the trade at this point, consolidation or just like a – Get what you can for Wancho and Beasley because they're leaving yeah. anyway. But yeah. I don't. I'm with you. Like I'm looking at this less and less as like w- which player can that turn into that that drastically changes things for them. Like yeah, if you can somehow get Danilo Gallinari, right? You know, right. if you can somehow get like Redick for you know Beasley and Wancho, like yeah, you do that. But I don't know. It just does not seem likely. I bet those guys get traded for a pick. 
and then um, you know Denver finds a way to add somebody for for the playoffs. That'd be my guess about what happens. I don't know, like the buyout market. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that's probably most likely outcome. Yeah, yeah. All right, a couple more things I want to get to from tonight. First, though, got to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural, not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Dude, I've been all over the Strava thing. Have you? And I got to say, I do live I do live with two of those symptoms, anxiety and IBS. Yeah. And Harrison, they've both been way better since I started drinking my Strava coffee. It's a, it's a great way to start the day. This is a real endorsement for me. That's awesome. Awesome to hear. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast, presented by Illegal Pete's, Harrison Wind and Brendan Vogt wrapping up this Nuggets win, 114-104. Jamal Murray, we touched on how he looked banged up from the opening tip. I mean, he, he's laboring out there right now, gutted it out to his credit, uh, goes for 19 points, got to the line a ton, yep. as this Nuggets team did, 10 of 11 uh, from the floor. Do you think he needs a night off, or, or what yeah, do you think? Yeah. I think he's needed one. Yeah. Um, he just looks sore, and I think I know he's young, and he's capable of grinding it out, but too often, I think, has has Denver asked Murray to just keep playing through it. Mm-hmm. You know, he could use a break sometimes, I think. Yeah. Um, he's clearly laboring. I do think, like, while he's largely been the best player he was, the same player he was last season, he looked a little better in the first month, and then he got hurt. As, at least that's what I saw. So I think he could use a night off. Um, I will commend him for getting to the line 11 times tonight. When you're a 90% free throw shooter, you need to do it more than he does. And that, and he found a way to do damage tonight um, despite an inefficient shooting night. So credit where credit's due. Yeah, can we talk about just his season as a whole here? Because um, we should probably spend some time on it. You kind of uh, said it a little bit, but kind of looks like a similar player to – who he was last year i think he's improved in some aspects yeah maybe decision making a little bit his defense at the beginning of the year was a lot better i thought than last year i feel like that's fallen off a little bit um but i mean if you just look at his slash line 18.2 points per game last year 17.9 this year field goal percentage pretty similar around 44 percent his three-point shooting has dropped off significantly Shot 36.7% from three last year. That's down to 32.5%. Rebounds, assists, everything else looks pretty similar. Nearly identical, just a worse shooter. Yeah. I expected more from Jamal Murray this season. I had very high expectations for him coming into this year. I thought he was going to take a big step. I haven't seen that. And um, there's still a lot of season left to go. There's a lot of time for him to make a leap. Um, But... I just have not seen the step that I thought, and I think that the Nuggets thought they were going to see from him so far. Yeah, and like there's a lot of middle ground between that big leap and and what he's done, which is stagnated, really, right? And you know the shot profile. Maybe we're beating a, a dead horse, but that's a big part of it. And I looked at it again tonight. That shot chart, not great. A lot mm-hmm. of misses from deep two range. He's just to be a modern guard in the NBA, especially to be a guy that plays off of Jokic. It has to be better than 32% on five attempts per game. It just does. And it's just strange to me, this is a guy who's like a, a natural-born scorer and spends a lot of time working on his three-point shot in shoot-arounds, just looks a little hesitant to shoot it. And, and I think that trickles down to the rest of his game. 
I think part of that hesitation has got to be how poorly he shot from three. Yeah, it's hard to want to f- let it fly nine times yeah. when you're hitting 32%. This probably does not have the confidence yeah. there um, to launch and is obviously much more comfortable in the mid-range like he's been throughout most of his career. But, I mean, kind of going along with that, you know, I expected Murray to adapt his game a little more this season. Yeah, uh, that that was a part of the jump and the next step that I thought was coming for him. And yeah, his shot profile looks a lot similar to last year's. And so, you know, I'm not like gonna sit here and you know dismiss Murray. Like that'd be really foolish. He's just 22. He's still got a really high ceiling that I think he can grow into. And it seems like every time someone's ready to definitively like dismiss him, he goes off. Right? Yeah, but I I don't think he has you know taken the step that a lot of people expected him to this year, and that's disappointing. I mean, we can keep it one hundred. He signed a hundred and seventy million dollar max contract, and that that line is not good enough. That stat line, yeah. And what we're seeing with the eye test is not good enough. He hasn't been bad, but he needs to be great. And I do think we the three point shooting is so big. I mean, we. We also talked about his inability to penetrate and break guys, break guys down. The handle's not super tight, and he's actually not super explosive. So that's never going to happen unless the three-point shooting is, is a bigger threat, right? And defenders have to kind of change the way they're approaching him. Because it, it's he does a lot of dancing and does not turn a lot of corners. And I do think that that would open it a lot up for him. Yeah, well, he's never been, you know, the just quick gene blow-by guy. Right. He's never been that guy. Um, but... He's a great tough shot maker, and he's had to be a great tough shot maker because he can't always get by his man. So right. he's adapted his game in that regard, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, I, the good thing is the one hundred seventy million doesn't kick in till next season. Yeah, I guess that's technically. <laughs> and, and also, you know, Denver signed him to that deal for the guy they think he can be in three, four years. You know, not the guy he is going to be this year too. Yeah, I don't say that to. I I think it's really easy to like Captain Hindsight kind of like hammer Denver for that deal but you just have to remind yourself about what happened with Gordon Hayward right like the other side of that is what if Jamal Murray came out this season and he's absolutely balling and he's been offended by those contract negotiations Mm -hmm. when you're a team like Denver you can't really afford those risks so I get why they did what they did and I would frame it this way man the number one thing that would make me feel differently about the Nuggets chances in the playoffs would be Murray turning some kind of corner that's the thing that has to happen so Can't write him off yet, but all eyes are on him for sure. Yeah, this is a really important playoffs uh, for him uh, because I thought he did a lot of great things in the playoffs last year. But, um, yeah, people were expecting a big step from him, and I think he's grown some areas of his game, but he, he hasn't grown uh, some of those other areas to, to the level that I think a lot of people expected him to. So a lot of time left to go in this season for sure, and um, – now, he, he just looks a little banged up right now, for sure. I, I'm all for giving him a rest in Charlotte, but I mm-hmm. don't think they'll do it. Uh, well, it was Michael Malone's 200th win tonight, joining um, just four coaches who ever, ever won 200 games at the Nuggets. Doug Moe, George Carl, and Larry Brown. Now Michael Malone joins that group. Pretty uh, cool accomplishment there. He didn't seem to care, though, did he? <laughs> He said, uh, "I what did he say? He told the Nuggets brass, well, let's go get 200 more. Yeah. I love that So quote. Stan and Josh Kroenke came up to him after the game and told him that tonight was his 200th victory. And then, yeah, he said his response was, let's get 200 more. And he went on to talk about how much he and, and not just he, but he and his family mm-hmm. have enjoyed their time in Denver. Obviously, he's extended. So this, it's not like there was speculation like Malone was leaving or anything. 
but it's just really cool to see him all in on this job and wanting to finish this job. As you pointed out before, a younger head coach than a lot of people might think. And, you know, this is the first gig he's had that's actually working out. So it's been cool to watch him sort of grow into this, expect more and more success, and I think make a leap into, you know, that second, if not first tier of coaches in the league. Yeah, for sure. Anything else uh, from you tonight? Just on a, in a general note, the, the defense in quarters two through four were awesome. Mm, yeah, Without Millsap tonight. And that was, they survived the non-Jokic minutes tonight. And I don't think that's because the offensive possessions looked good. Um, they were just grinding on D mm-hmm. and guys were uh, second efforts, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. It was the best they've looked in Millsap's absence. A bit of a classic performance this season because, I mean, we've hit it a lot, but Nuggets have played down to their competition oh one night goodness. and uh, played up to it the next. That's exactly what happened. I mean, the Nuggets looked terrible the other night against Cleveland. That was another embarrassing loss up there with some of the worst of the season. Um, but tonight, you know, they play up to the competition. Uh, they take the Clippers seriously, come out uh, with an edge from the opening tip, and, uh, yeah, beat another good team, another one of their marquee wins this year, I think. Look, the important thing about that dynamic, no matter how frustrating or deflating, the Cavaliers will not be in the playoffs. <laughs> and the team, Nuggets play the, the good teams well. So that's, Are they going to play down to, like, the eighth-seeded Trailblazers? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely – you know, just start putting your money on the Blazers knocking them out. In yeah. round one now. No, I don't. I don't think. I agree. I don't think you have to worry about that in the playoffs. It, That's look, a regular season thing. If they lose in the playoffs, it won't be because they weren't playing hard. Yeah. You know, it's not a problem. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all the time we got for today. Appreciate the listen, guys. If you got a second, drop us a quick five star review on iTunes. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back with another episode on Tuesday. Talk to you guys then. Before we get out of here, got to remind you that Total Beverage has given the DNVR fam 30% off of your purchase of $25 or more with a max discount applying up to $75 if you use code DNVR2019. Remember, you got to use code DNVR2019. You can do that online or on the Total Beverage app. Total Beverage, they deliver to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder and from Aurora to Brighton. They also have the lowest prices in the state. They now offer CBD products. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by, guys. Order today and receive 30% off of your purchase of $25 or more with a max discount applying up to $75. Better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home and get it delivered.